Welcome back to Holistic Finance. I am your host, Ryan Burklow. With me, as always, is Alexander Collins. And on today's episode, this will be the first time that we really dedicate a certain episode towards really financial education for kids. And we're going to start this as a, a series where once a month we're going to speak into how to educate your kids about money. You know, Alex and I have spoken about probably on countless episodes around the lack of financial education that is here in America. And the more Alex and I talk about it, you know, we can complain about it all we want, which Alex and I have done, I think a good job of complaining about it. (laughs) And now what we want to do is we want to actually help solve it. Right. And the solve, the solution is really in us as parents. Right. And so Alex and I want to chat with you about different things to talk about with your kids with money. We want to end every episode with different activities or suggestions, if you will, to hope guide you in that manner, whether or not you feel like you're good with money or not, we're hoping that these episodes will have you at least start the conversation about money. Because I think this is my opinion and I'm, I'm spitballing here, Alex, but the, the financial world and what's going on in the economy right now would not be as bad if us as Americans were better with our money. Yes. So um, I mean, let's do a better job of it and let's really start teaching that. And that starts with our kids. A hundred percent. And this is something where like, because money has been a taboo topic and because we, there isn't a whole lot of financial education out there around it. It's not necessarily something that is taught well in schools um, and, and that stems from the fact that it's been a taboo topic and that nobody really understands how to talk about this stuff uh, on an educational academic level or the, the folks that do, it just hasn't made it into curriculum. And it, it's, again, it's such a taboo topic and everyone has s- such strong opinions about it um, that it, it's one of those things that just doesn't get touched upon because nobody wants to tackle the 400 pound gorilla in the room. So this first episode, we're going to specifically talk about children and what to talk to them about four specific concepts, if you will. Uh, And this will probably land in the age group between like, call it four and age seven. So let's, let's dive into this. And one thing I want to give a big kudos to is there, there's a site out there, moneyprodigy.com. And I did a bunch of research. There's a bunch of other sites that, that we'll probably reference as well, um, that is a, a great resource out there for talking to your kids about money. And some of the things we'll be talking about today, I actually came from that site. So I just want to give them a big kudos. It's so awesome what that, what that site is doing and uh, definitely check them out. So Alex, let, let's dive into this, right? So we're talking about a four-year-old possibly up to an age seven-year-old. Like there's a decent gap there in terms of where a four-year-old is versus where a seven-year-old is. For sure. But there's four, I think, main things, and there's probably some others, but at the top, like if we could focus on four, just to keep this simple, four main concepts to really make sure that your child is aware of, not from the standpoint of what the parent is worth or what the parent is spending, right. but more of like, is the child aware basic that, concepts that there's money in the world? And concept number one is understanding that you need money to actually purchase items or things. Yeah, let's walk through all four of these and then we'll come back and tackle them in detail. 
as you said, the first one is money is required to buy things. The second one is how you earn money. And for most of us, that's through work. Um, there's, a, there's a second way, and that is capital at work for you. The third would be this, this trying to teach some sort of delayed gratification of waiting to buy something. So it's not just an immediate purchase. And then number four would be there's a difference between things that you want and things that you need. And then again, trying to be able to articulate and, and help understand, you know, four-year-old, this might be a little bit advanced, but trying to help them understand the difference between want and need. Yeah. And obviously you're not going to go through all four of these at the same time with your four-year-old, but these are four concepts. Let's put it this way. By the age of seven, hopefully the, the, your child in, in an ideal situation has at least heard of these concepts and understand them at a very, very high level, right? Like we all know that our children are listening and watching intently and they will mimic exactly what we do, right? Like you probably- Sponges and parrots. Yeah, exactly. How many videos have you seen out there with a child like literally says a sentence that comes out of their father's mouth, right? Like I know my kids have done it and my wife looks at me with like these darts coming out of her eyes saying, see what you did, <laughs> right? <laughs> and vice versa, frankly. And so they're watching us. So they, they see that we pull out a credit card or a debit card, or they see that we pull out these dollar bills, or they see the change that's left behind. Like they see these things. Do they understand what that is for and how it works? Yeah. The, by the way, the trick to that, Ryan, is making sure that they repeat the good stuff, not the bad stuff. Yeah. As soon as someone can figure that out, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. Um, and, and like so much of this is just, it, it's our goal with this is to try and help give you some tools to, to have the conversation. Um, and so we expect people to come back to like this episode or like some of the materials that we're going to like put together for this on an ongoing basis. Um, and this isn't a have a five minute conversation and you're done. Your kid knows everything to know about finances. That's, that's not not how this is going to work. And your kids are inquisitive, right? Like, and you can be inquisitive with them. Like, I don't know how many times, even today, you know, my daughter is about to be 14 and the best way for me to actually engage with her, like outside of her room and on her phone. Right. Cause that's, it seems like that's all she does nowadays. Right. Is to ask her questions. And, you know, at first she kind of gives me the like one or two word response, like leave me alone, dad. Right. But as a four-year-old, she's sure as you know what, was not that way. I mean, she was misinquisitive. And I mean, frankly, it became where I was like, I wanted her to be quiet. <laughs> right. But turn it back on her. And she might even ask like, what are you doing with that dollar bill or, or what have you, you might spin it back on her and say, what do you think it's for? Right. Right. And maybe she doesn't know. And then you can tell her, right. Or if she doesn't ask the question, like, as you're paying for something, have a conversation with your kid. Right. Like just that little brief conversation with your child goes a huge way. And oftentimes I know my kids did it. They go, where do you get the money from? Like yeah. a lot of these concepts, the kids are, kids are smart. Like if anything, adults are stupid. Kids are the smart ones because they will naturally go, 
well, where the heck did you get that money from dad? Right. Right. And then you have to, and then you have to, then you might have to get into a little bit deeper conversation. We have to explain like, Hey, like the child will say something like, Hey, I want the new, like my son is a, is a sports dork like me. And he loves these Xbox games, like the NBA 2k series and Madden. And so when the new one comes out, he'll come running out and say, dad, the new Madden's out. Let's go buy it. And, you know, I'm excited too. Don't get me wrong. Like even my Diana goes, you, <laughs> you like it just as much as your son does. And I'm like, no, I don't. And I'm trying to keep that game going. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this episode, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll often just go buy it without really explaining to, to Nate, like, Hey, bud, like we need to save up for that game. Right. It doesn't, you got to teach that delayed gratification. When like, if you can actually take this one step further and like now once you've taught them about money and how it works and delayed gratification, you can get them to intentionally save up for, Hey, the new Madden games coming out in two months. Let's make sure that we save up for that. And then, you know, then a month out, like, Hey, Madden in a month, how are you doing on your savings? And you can use that as like a way to periodically check in with them and figure out like, how are they doing and where are they at to their goal? And like, this is essentially going to try and start teaching them a good savings habits, but B how to like budget and things of that nature. And if you're dealing with it, like a younger child, say the, the four-year-old, right? The four-year-old will see you purchase like the couch and maybe the couch gets delivered, right? That might be a good time to explain to the kid, like, Hey, we just didn't go like buy that couch and spend that whatever amount of money you spent. You might want to say we saved up for it and explain to them that we just didn't willy nilly purchase a brand new couch. Or hey, a car. remember maybe a car is a better example than a couch. Right. Yeah. No, like we recently got Heather a new car, and it's the first time that Heather's had a, a new car in like I don't know, 15 years or something like that. And um uh, it mostly that that's her not wanting to buy a new car. And, uh, you know, so Sienna, our daughter started asking questions about like, Hey, you know, where do we get mommy's new car and blah, blah. And so it was one of those things where we got to have a little bit of the conversation around like, Hey, well, we saved up for it. And like, we have to pay for it on an ongoing basis. And like all of the things that go along with, with buying a car, um, and like why it's important to take care of it and things of that nature. So no, we're not going to just like throw food and crayons and whatever else around the car. And I've made the mistake of not explaining a lot of that because Nathan up until recently used to see like a brand new car and say, dad, why don't we go buy that car? Like without any, like, <laughs> this like Bentley going down the, down the road. He's like, Oh, that's a really nice car Dad. we should, and, you know, without even thinking and understanding the concept of like a cost and B like, I just didn't buy a brand new car for fun and like, you know, just spent the money wherever I wanted. It was a save up for that, which comes into number four, you know, that difference between what things that you want versus things that you need. Yeah. We've, we've had this conversation with Sienna a couple of times where, you know, she will use the term like, I need this. And it's like, well, okay. Do you, do you need it or do you want it? And like at this point, she's gotten kind of frustrated with that conversation because she knows the answer, which is I want it. 
Um, and she also knows that if she says I want it, then we then have a conversation around like saving for it and things of that nature versus like, I need it usually means that like we go get it immediately. Yeah. And so like this fourth concept, especially, and maybe even uh, number three, right. That's definitely when you're closer to age seven mm-hmm. to, to really understand that. So I don't want people thinking about their four-year-old or whatever, <laughs> you know, you're good. Like, how am I going to explain that? Right. Like we get that. Like these are building blocks to get to maybe age seven. Well, and the four-year-old, like you can still mention it as a, like you can still bring it up want versus need you're not going to go into a detailed explanation and like like well alex actually brings out the spreadsheet to (laughs) i'm I'm kidding i'm kidding it's an abacus ryan (laughs) so so alex let's let's give them some like activities right we've kind of given them some activities we're talking into this um but you know you and i were talking prior to like what are some things that parents can go do like right away that maybe strengthen some of these concepts and right away, you and I went to, and we both did this with our kids, where we pulled out some coins and kind of went through and taught the kids like what each coin was and, and kind of a dollar amount or what it's worth. And they may not understood it, but me, at least they can point to and see, okay, that's a quarter. Right. right? And th- like at, the, at an early age, you can teach them like, hey, this is a coin, it's money and get them putting it into like a piggy bank or a savings bank or something of that nature as just that's the location it's kept. Um, And then slowly start transitioning to like, okay, hey, what's the difference between a dime and a nickel or a quarter, like giving names to these different things. Um, One of the things that uh, Sienna's Girl Scout troop recently did is it's, it's time we're selling Girl Scout cookies and this is the first year that they've done it. And so one of the things that, that the troop did was actually give an introduction to money. And they, they went through a really kind of a cool exercise where they like had laminated a bunch of different coins um, and like the girls got to cut them out. And, and then they went through and talked about like who was on each one and how much it was worth and things of that nature. And then they had a, a list of, things that they could buy. And the goal was to go ahead and figure out like, okay, how many dollars, how many coins, how many quarters, et cetera, did it take to be able to add up to the right amount to be able to buy something? And so it kind of gave them a, a little bit better knowledge on like what each one of the things was and how, how it added up and how it worked in terms of buying something and things of that nature. Yeah, the things there's toys out there, right? That you can also do, like cash registers is a great one. Or you brought up like playing cafe, where, you know, I think my kids had this too, where they're standing behind like an ice cream stand looking thing. And then there's even like fake money, I think, that comes with mm-hmm. these deals where they stand and, you know, I think ours was ice cream. So I used to ask Madison for a scoop of ice cream. And I would say, how much? And of course, she would, you know, make whatever amount that came out and I, I gave her the money and, and just that exchange or that transaction was teaching her, like I had to give you something to get something in return. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, this doesn't have to be all about money. Like one of the things that when we play cafe with Sienna that, that like she would get super creative with is she would bring out her little chalkboard and like some, uh, like construction paper and like make menus and like draw out like welcome to uh 
you know, Sienna's cafe and things of that nature and put the, the daily specials. And so it can be an art project and something that captures their imagination, not just dealing with finances. Um, but then like at the same time, this concept that things cost money. Um, and like one of the other things that, that both my wife and I were pretty good about is we would ask Sienna how much stuff cost. And then whenever it was a really good deal, we would buy more. And when it was not as good of a deal, we would buy less. And so we're trying to somewhat teach the, the value of money just through that interaction without actually going into like details. And like, sometimes we would, you know, do things like, well, you know, Hey, can I get a deal if I buy three of them instead of one of them or things of that nature? So it, again, it's all trying to help folks understand, help teach concepts of like how to get value and that there's sometimes a difference between getting like one versus three and some of those types of concepts. Yeah, the key to this is making it fun and hopefully as much as you can keep the side comments to kind of yourself because when you make the side comment, the kid catches on, right? So just make this fun, make it as engaging as you possibly can. And in the end, just talk about it, right? Which takes us to the question of the day, Alex. Uh, the question of the day today is what games are you playing with to help playing with, with your child to help teach them about money? We hope you receive value out of today's episode. If you have any questions or if you have a topic that you would like for us to speak about on the podcast, make sure you head to holistic-finance.com. And at the bottom of that page, there's a way for you to engage with us there. If you're active on social media, you can find our Facebook page at Holistic Finance QFP. We tend to be active there. And as always, we hope that you have a good rest of your day and make it a great day. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian and subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation, or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a financial representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities LLC. OSJ333 North Indian Hill Boulevard, Claremont, California 91711. Telephone 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. 
Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License Number 1531912, CA Insurance License Number 0K24924, Alexander Collins, AR Insurance License Number 7264699, CA Insurance License Number 0H24806, Pinpoint Number 2022-133-268, Expiration February 2024.